0: with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now.
2: Hey everybody, welcome, and thank you for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. My name is Zach Brittle, I'm here with Laura Heck, and also with Dr. Jessica Higgins. Jessica is a delight to talk to. She's got all kinds of wisdom about how to um, help move the needle in the relationship, I always say that move the needle in the relationship, but everybody does it a different way. And she brings a unique degree of empathy and insight and wisdom and experience. Um, It's really cool to hear about her uh, story, her personal story with her husband, and also just uh, how she's organizing her work in a time of uh, sort of constant transition for her. Um, I think there are a lot of really cool insights. If you're a couple looking for help, can't find somebody or can't get in with a, you know, a therapist in your town, Um, She is able to meet with you from kind of wherever you are. And so I would encourage you to check out her work, which you can do at drjessicahiggins.com. And if you don't believe me, just check out the interview. This is a very cool conversation. Stick around.
0: I did want to go back to this idea of vulnerability, um, which is how do you navigate vulnerability? Because I find that a lot of what we do in our sessions as couples therapists or um, coaches is having to model our own vulnerability or creating that space of vulnerability. And I'm just wondering, how do you create a space for vulnerability with either an individual client that you're working with, where maybe you're modeling that, or you're trying to create a space where they can be more vulnerable with you, or holding space for a couple in order to uh, exchange vulnerability with one another? How does that Mm. work with your, your work?
1: Yeah. I think with each person and their comfort and where they are in the continuum of what they're operating with, whether or not it's a lot of protection and maybe even trauma, or if they just didn't get a lot of support to practice vulnerability. So everybody is in a different spot as as it relates Mm -hmm. to vulnerability and their comfort level. For me, I would say primarily, I'm seeking to really connect, whether or not it's the individual in individual coaching work or if it's the couple, both people, I really try to do my best to hold perspective and attunement to both of them. And that takes a little time and space. Mm -hmm. And so with that kind of curiosity and really trying to make sense, really trying to understand and using my empathy, I will cry with clients. I will feel Mm -hmm. with them. And I'm very much trying to check things out, see if it's resonating and trying to see if I have it and validate if it makes sense. I, I'm i pretty open about how I'm trying to understand and thinking with them. And then when there is something that feels a little bit more distilled and they're having a response that feels genuine, I'm, I'm doing my best to use their words. I'm doing my best to use their languaging. Uh-huh. And if they're feeling it in their body and they're feeling it in the moment, right, that's a, a little bit easier place to access. And then Excuse me. If they're willing to hold that, then they're in more of that vulnerable place. Now, whether or not they want to turn to their partner and share that or what what it's like for them to really just be in a place of making more contact with that. So depending on what the goals are, um, the next steps will relate to what the goals are. But that's typically how I'm trying to access vulnerability is that understanding, that empathy, that real trying to use myself personally and attune with them emotionally and then work with them collaboratively around what is really true and resonating. And I get that's not always an exact
2: science. Yeah. That's intense because I, I, just yesterday, I think I started to taste what you're describing. Like I I did really good work in my client time yesterday. I had, I, and it was because <laughs> I was, I was tapping into empathy. No, I, I don't mean that like in a, because it's not a skill of mine. Like I'm really good at like directing traffic and helping to like, you know, move people in the right direction and being really kind of bold and directive, but showing up like with my own tears was really like, I was exhausted. I mean, how do you do that? How do you do that with, I mean, I was exhilarated You as cried
0: well. in session?
2: I almost like kind of. I was like definitely like on the on the edge of my own heartache on their behalf.
0: <laughs> the backtracks, sort yeah. of. I kind of maybe I I might yeah, have had some moisture. Fun. I don't think I I'm don't ever going to do it again. I definitely frowned.
2: <laughs> I'm not, not going to tell you about it. That's I for sure. I think it qualifies,
1: right? <laughs> I think it qualifies if we're on this range of feeling with them. It could be like I, I think to backtrack a little bit for me, even I don't know that I'm always like tears streaming, but I, yeah, I yeah, do yeah. feel the well and yeah. and I do feel the emotion and and so making contact with that Zach, I'm so glad you brought this up. Cause when you were on the empowered relationship podcast. I remember one of the things you had said about your journey with couples is you're like, it's so easy. It's so much easier than individual. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I don't have the same experience. Yeah. Uh, sure. Because, first of all, there's a lot to track. And I feel excited and stimulated by what all is in the room, metaphorically, perverbally, because I work more remote. But there's two individuals if I'm working in a heterosexual or a monogamous relationship. Mm-hmm. And then You have the the couple system, right? The relational system. So in my mind, there's like three things to be tracking at any given point or moment. And then the empathy. Yes, it is a lot to access and myself and energy to expend. Uh, So I, I, yeah, that's why my self-care, my, my, my boundaries and all the things are critical.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And for the record, Zach, I think it's amazing. It's actually like a real growth to to have you say that you're like showing up with empathy. And and I cry all the time. And there's been such a shift in the field of therapy as far as what the role of the therapist is. Used to be that we're like this blank slate and we show Uh up and... You know, we don't show emotion. We don't, um, you know, like side with one person, which in Zach's work, uh, oftentimes with like a relational life therapy, you do side with one client. And that's yeah. part of the strategy. Um, like Terence Reel's work, right? Yes. Uh-huh. And, and I, I often will 100% cry. And I also talk about in part of like how to talk through emotions and what we're feeling in our body. I will oftentimes refer to myself and just say, yeah. my chest yes. is so heavy right now and I can feel myself welling up with tears yeah. and I'm really drawn to you. And it's it's interesting because you have to talk that way when you're doing, I also only do virtual therapy because you use your body so much when you're in session with someone to be able to communicate and move closer and attune with someone with your body. And you can't do that when you're working virtually. And so I have to use my words a lot. And I actually, I think it's pretty cool to be able to model the using of my words to explain what's happening for me and my body and my intentions as a therapist of like, I really want to reach for you and I want to hold your hand right now and I can't. Do you think maybe you could reach over to your partner and hold their hand for me? And that's always an interesting, it's like this triad. Uh, It's Very interesting work. Well, Uh, and I think this really goes back to, Zach, what you were asking about modeling, right? That if I
1: can give voice and acknowledgement to what I'm experiencing and what it feels like for me or how I'm relating to it, there is a vulnerability that's modeling what that looks like. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, The other thing I really like about modeling is I love having the fight with the partner. So if you two were the couple and you guys were in a fight and I would just say, I'll tell you what, I'll be Jessica for a minute. And then Laura and I would start to fight and I would model for Jessica, like how that could go better or how that could go differently. And so Laura then has Mm -hmm. her own experience of like, yeah, that actually was really nice. And then Jessica can go, Oh, I could, all I have to do is this versus the other thing. And so there is something about, I don't know if that's transference or counter transference or just modeling period, but it's, <laughs> it's a it, I, I dig it.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, confessional. I, Laura Heck, am a sweaty Betty. Yes, there are times when I need to get my sweat on, like when I'm training for a triathlon. And then there's those other times when I get nervous on stage speaking to hundreds, and I wish that the waterworks would stop. And here's the worst part. Sweat from nerves is the worst kind of smell. Well, here enters Lumi, it's just like a pre-odorant sent from the gods to save me and women like me from full-body sweats that we all know doesn't just occur under our lady pits. Lumi is a game-changing, whole-body deodorant designed by an OBGYN to work not only on pits, but also feet privates, and everywhere else that we get odor. So no matter where you use it, Lumi is clinically proven to block odor all day long, all thanks to its one-of-a-kind, pH-optimized formula, and they have over 275,000 five-star reviews to show for it. So make the switch to Lumi and unlock your freshest start ever, and your freshest butt ever too. So, as a special offer for our listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code MTR at LumiDeodorant.com. Lumi is spelled L U M E. Look, that equates to over 40% off of your starter pack when you visit LumiDeodorant.com and use the code MTR. Hey friends, registration is still open for our Winter Weekend Intensive on February 9th and 10th. If you have been feeling that quiet little tug to do something more for your relationship, let this be your permission to pull the trigger and register for the Weekend Workshop. We'll be meeting virtually on Friday from 4 to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and again on Saturday from 8 to 3 p.m. This is nine hours of time that you'll be spending in the comfort of your own home, practicing new relationship tools with your partner. We'll teach you how to reconnect emotionally, communicate gently and navigate conflict effectively. This weekend workshop follows the science of Dr. John Gottman's seven principles for making marriage work. Meet with Zach and myself for an unforgettable weekend. Register today for only four hundred and fifty dollars per couple on our website marriagetherapyradio.com.
2: I want to. I want to go back though the, to your dissertation. You said your dissertation was about conscious coupling, conscious partnership. What? What is? What are conscious you talking about? Conscious
1: intimate relationship. It's,
2: Talk, it's conscious, really conscious intimate looking relationship. At, what mm-hmm. is that? Yeah.
1: So it's in the meta analysis. So it's using research studies that. Had similar definitions around awareness using the relationship or their paradigm around relationship as a growth, having a growth mindset towards intimate relationship. And so. That was the meta analysis. I mean, it's been many years. So I can't give you my exact definition. I can pull that up and and circle back to you. Well, if just you would what do like you mean
2: when you? If, if a couple comes to you and says, "Hey, I heard that you could help us with conscious intimate relationships. I don't even know yeah. what that means for us, but it sounds intriguing and it sounds like a direction we want to go. What what is the what is the thing that you begin to unroll for them?
1: Yeah. So so in a nutshell, I would say it's really synonymous with. Bringing more and more awareness to one's self and the other and the relational dynamics, that's hard to do. And it, mm-hmm. it, like that takes things. a lot of effort, right? So if I'm relating to my significant other and I'm, this happens for me. If I'm really busy, I'm in task mode, or I'm feeling rushed or hurried, I may not even know what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. Or what I'm experiencing. Mm -hmm. And my significant other likely is seeing, you know, through neuroception, seeing my facial expression, my tone of voice, my (laughs) nonverbals, and is picking up cues about how I am emotionally. But if I have no idea where I'm at, like I haven't, I'm not really aware or in contact with that, then he's responding to me, but I'm a little disconnected. Mm -hmm. and So there's not a lot of awareness around that. Vice versa. Or just what's happening in the dynamic, right? Because as mm-hmm. you were just giving an example for both of you, what happens when couples are fighting, they're often misperceiving, misattrib- like misattribution, mis. Right interpretation and it's landing with them in a way. Cause if it's like, if I did X, Y, and Z, it would mean this. In uh-huh. fact, one of the things you were talking about on the sh- in that interview, you were on the empowered relationship podcast is the meaning that people make around the language that they use.
2: Uh-huh. And
1: so it's fascinating to me that if we can slow it down, uh-huh. access some of this real, not real, but lives, more vulnerable, experiential felt sense of things, then that becomes much more revealing. Mm. And that's where it's like, oh, I didn't realize. Like just mm-hmm. so my husband, I told you he was under the weather and haven't hasn't been feeling well. A couple of days ago, we were at this little dinner spot. And I don't even know if we were or it was the table, the dinner table, eating table. And I don't know if we were eating lunch or dinner, but he was totally he was like talking to me, like looking out at the view and continuously. And I'm like, this is such a weird th- I mean, like I get it sometimes looking, but I'm like, you're, you're continue. Like, can you tell me like what's <laughs> happening here? Cause I was noticing like, does he not want to like engage with me? Is he mad at me? I was like, you me- all these stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I asked him about it and he's like, I don't want to breathe on you. I'm, I don't want, I'm contagious <laughs> right. and I don't want it. But I was like, well, it's
2: toxic it's mold that I'm about to breathe under <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 not a comfortable thing to talk to somebody who's not even giving you eye contact, right? Right. So that's one of the things we experience. So. Can we, anyway, pointing I, I would love
0: to hear how you would coach couples because I had this, this exact conversation. I didn't realize this is what I was doing, um, <laughs> with couples yesterday of, um, having them slow things down, having them recognize that you are attuned to your partner and you're making, you're paying attention, right. To everything that's going on, taking that information, then you make meaning and stories of what's happening for your partner. And most of the time it's inaccurate, um, So I'm wondering, like, how do you slow or what's the language that you would teach couples in the moment when they're not in your office to be able to communicate like, hey, uh, I'm I'm seeing your face. And to me, it looks like you're upset. That's the story I'm telling myself. What's going on for you? Kind of meeting with curiosity rather than criticism is what a lot of people say is like you're in a bad mood. It's like "Mm," or we could say gosh, it seems like that was a short response. How are you doing today? Kind of getting curious. So I'm wondering how you are coaching couples to be able to get a little more meta on that interaction. Yes. Well, I think you
1: gave a really beautiful example and I think there's lots of options and whoever's a little more resourced likely will be able to access this. So in the example that I gave around, my husband might be noticing certain things on me and I don't even, I'm too, frenetic or busy or seemingly anxious and he could say oh like what you just said i'm mm. seeing x y and z or you look your tone is short that's what mm-hmm. he says about me is mm-hmm. like i'm not yeah. being nice and i'm like what do you mean i'm not being nice or i'm not yeah. being warm i'm not uh, being like my normal like kind of mm-hmm. connected but i'm just much more like business yeah so to check it out i think is a brilliant way to go into more of the conscious space of bringing awareness that here's and it's revealing here's the way i'm interpreting this or here's my worry i love the Mm -hmm. word worry or here's my concern about what this means to me Mm -hmm. i'm worried you're upset with me i'm worried that you're annoyed with me i'm worried that that wasn't good enough because that does access the vulnerability. It brings awareness and consciousness to what's happening in the moment. It gets out mm. of that vicious like disconnect pattern because we typically, our protective strategies will put the other person in a, it usually hurts the other person. So more specifically, Laura, Laura I think even just saying, can we slow this down? Or it feels like things, maybe I'm, I feel like maybe I'm having a reaction right now. I just need a second Mm -hmm. or I care a lot and I'm not sure what's happening. Can we just take a moment or because I think slowing it down, I think there's many ways to just bring a pause. I mean, so many people recommend this. I mean, even the Gottmans talk about what, 20 minutes is a minimum around helping the system kind of regulate and calm down if we're feeling that upregulation. So there's many ways to call a little bit of space or like, I've even asked my husband if he seems like he's getting more of a tone with me. I'm like, can you, can we soften our tones? Cause I'm having a hard time hearing what you're saying. Yeah. Right. Or I'm noticing I'm wanting to react to you and I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. So I think depending on the circumstance, I think I think there's many many options but I think just even if we're aware of like I want to slow this down or I want to bring more awareness to this. Yeah. Cuz what's happening there's there's some pillars around consciousness and awareness, right? Being able to take some ownership, have some transparency, that curiosity, like there's a lot that can be helpful mm. tools to be more aware in the moment cuz we're humans and we're going to want to go on default and just be in our habitual modes. And we're likely going to run into trouble if we're missing a lot of this because so much of our relational history is living in us and
0: operating and yet we're not aware of it. So, I have so many follow-up questions um, and I'm going to put them out there just so that Uh, number one, I think what we need is some resources. So like at the end of the podcast, it'd be amazing if, if people are kind of resonating with, wow, this is a cool skill. I want to learn more. If you could provide some resources so we we can do that at the end of the podcast, that's the hooker so that they continue listening. Hooker. I like that. Um, (laughs) two, two is when I hear that, I go, I think gosh, that sounds like so much work. Like all I wanna do is be sitting at dinner with my partner and enjoying the sunset and you're asking for me to be so disciplined In the way in which I'm communicating with my partner that I have to be aware that when things start to go awry, I have to be conscious enough to be able to say, here's how my body's feeling and here's what I'm thinking and the meaning I'm making of what's going on for you. Why can't I just check out and just have a glass of wine and enjoy the sunset and be authentically unraveled with my partner? So that's just my thought process because I've heard couples say that of Laura, this is too much work. And if it's going to be too much work, then why don't I just swap my partner out? (laughs) right it's a great great question i
1: have a couple responses to that first of all i think part of what we want to really encourage myself included that this has been hugely motivating if i can look at the long-term benefit
0: Mm.
1: of attempting to put more awareness and consciousness into some of these efforts now just to be clear we're not talking about this every moment of every day we're talking about choice moments where Mm. we know typically this gets off track and results to disconnect or a rift of some sort and to not be committing to it forever and ever. Right. Can we experiment? Can I just see what happens? And for me, if I'm in service of, of this pursuit, because really what I want to say, what's on the at least for me and for many people, the long-term goal is greater intimacy, more understanding, more access, more quickly and having more of that repair Mm. because sure, I may want to go into default mode and not have to put so much effort, but that doesn't necessarily save time or be more efficient. We can look at all the harm and disconnect and disrupt that that causes. That's not actually getting me A, the result that I want, or B, in a way that's smooth and easy. It's not easy if we really Mm -hmm. look at the long-term cost of continuing to do what we've done. So I would kind of Think a little bigger on that and then look at what am I in service of? And for me, it typically is I want to have that shift. I want to feel the opening when we're at odds or when we're in conflict. I want to have strive towards more collaboration, more win-win, even if we are in irreconcilable places like real strong differences that we can get to something that feels workable. Like that means everything to me. And if I can also the other flip side of this coin is typically I feel much closer and more intimate and more um, like even more awareness. Like we could even talk about sex and intimacy, that mindfulness and awareness, when we can bring that to the moment around the positive, that's expanding the positive. So there are a lot of benefits to that. I I guess that's the biggest point I want to make that we might think that it's easier, but it's, it's likely not. And then just, I'll be quick. The second point is I do think that when the relationship is got a secure, solid, enough foundation, I think, you know, the positive sentiment override mm-hmm. through the Gottman's language that couples can tolerate quite a bit of unraveling that's not super conscious Right, and we can give each other the benefit of the doubt, but if we don't mm-hmm. have places that we can really have this connection, it's really hard to counteract all our relational history, and especially yeah. when traumas and, and you know our nervous system is reacting. So that that's a lot to ask. Yeah. So
2: it turns out yeah. that if you if you think that maybe you broke your arm, it's a good idea to go to the doctor right away, rather than like. Sit there and sort of go, Oh, my arm kind of hurts, and well, I'll ignore it for a little while and let's see what's going to happen. And then then you find out six years later, you know, it's better to, have go, to have go take care of it initially. So you don't have to let the bone set in the wrong place and then come back and have your doctor go, Well, I got to break that again to reset it. You know what I mean? And
0: not only that, but you've done more damage to the rest of your body. I mean, I just, after breaking my arm, um, no, you end up doing more damage to your back and to all of the muscles that are trying to compensate. Uh, look at us, this metaphor exactly. right now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know, I know. If I can just say really quickly that
1: yeah. the vulnerability that it is hard to turn towards this and ask for help <laughs> or get support, and I have yet to find someone. I've been in the field of psychology my whole career turning 50 in June. Um, Welcome to the club. Be- it's fun.
2: Uh, it's fun to be 50.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm not there yet. I still have six months, but yes, I will be there <laughs> shortly. Um, I have yet to find someone when I understand about their experience in life and their learning that it doesn't make sense, right? We, we, or adapt, the, a lot of what we learn relationally is adaptive at the time, and so we're looking at like possibly you didn't have the support, or you didn't have you know the in the in the environment of your upbringing there wasn't capacity to support you in navigating these difficult emotions. Like it's it, you know to really look at it in that lens. So I think that when we ask for help and we can look at like I just didn't get this mm-hmm. learning and yeah to say, I never need to get it right. Like, I don't know. I just feel like it makes a lot of sense. Myself included. I raise my hand. I continue to do my therapy and understand the layers. And I am always profoundly like, oh my gosh, I was operating unconsciously about this. I didn't even realize Mm -hmm. like how (laughs) much I resorted to this tendency or that tendency. And the more I can organize and integrate and metabolize, like I'm just feel so much more coherent and, yeah. and developed because of it. So, uh, and I'm never regretful. I, like I that yeah. I Oh, I wish I wouldn't have put that effort in. Like it, it helps. It's like the exit ramp to a lot of the, the drama and the perpetuating pain mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. really giving me a direct,
0: more, more clear access to what I am trying to
1: intentionally and it's create. it's
0: not an overnight fix. That's what no. I'm hearing is in order to show up consciously, to show up vulnerably, in order to sort of regulate, there's a lot of factors that go into play. And what I try to explain to folks is that even though I'm considered a brief therapist, meaning I, I don't see couples for years and years, the longest I've ever seen a couple is probably off and on for two years, is that there is so much growth that is happening without me, that needs to set the stage in order to create that safety, in order to be able to regulate your system, in order to be vulnerable. But it is not an overnight process. And it does take a lot of time. You are rewiring a lot of connections and nervous systems, the way that you show up in the world and you are scanning your environment for safety or threats, like that takes time to rewire. So hopefully folks are understanding that you're doing the work if you're listening to the podcast. So that's good news. But also I'm so into this conscious, intimate, conscious. What is it? I know it's so verbose. It's conscious, it's, intimate relationship. I mean, it's an academic
1: like dissertation and analysis. Yeah. So I, I'm sure there's
0: a better word, but I think yeah. Yeah, well, conscious connection, right? Like that's what you're talking
2: hottest.
0: about. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. There we go. I like it. Um, okay. Well, like Zach had mentioned, you're aware of time, but I did want some resources. So if folks are kind of grabbing onto some of the things that we're saying, what are some resources, including yourself that we can send them to?
1: Yeah. Well, I will say, uh, the podcast is a really great resource. I think we're at like 400 and
0: yeah. I don't know. Since 2015, you've been coming along. That's amazing.
1: I don't know for like 37 or I, I can't remember, but, and I think the first, at least quarter now I was delivering the content, but I've had so many people on the show that I love and offer such good input and perspective and voice. And so it's empowered relationship podcast is the podcast and on all podcast players. And then well, my website is drjessicahiggins.com. It's doctor with a DR. And then there's tons of resources there. And I am happy. I, I know we were going to talk about how to shift out of critical tendencies, and it does really relate to what we're talking about. So uh-huh. um, I think you might already have that free guide. I'm also happy to send you anything. I have several other um, free guides, one of which is a overview of the developmental stages of relationship and looking at mm. the summary of each of those five yes, stages. Yeah. What is the goal of each stage and what are the skills that are often required? I created it probably many years ago, but it's still, I think, very helpful. So, mm-hmm. and yeah, I'm, yeah, you know, happy to
0: give anything else to your, you. You yeah. want. What about uh, stuff that's specific to conscious coupling or um, conscious and in intimate conscious coupling? Yeah, <laughs> good luck. I think we're <laughs> you're
2: close, you're making
0: close. up the word right now. Can conscious I read connection. the dissertation,
2: please? Yeah, yeah, Could yeah, you yeah. send me the big <laughs> binder <laughs> yeah. with all your verbose language, academic language? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I have yes. a more earthbound question, which is, what is your husband's name?
1: earthbound uh reed peterson so my legal my professional name is uh jessica higgins my legal name is jessica higgins peterson uh and yeah he he does a lot to support people in the grief space but he also has a job as well well no for no this is what i'm company. what i
2: want to say about reed nice. peterson and jessica higgins peterson is thank uh, you for giving us some insight into your like actual life like i really appreciate that he uh, uh Let's you or not let you. Rebecca lets me talk about my life with her, and um, so I just make sure he gets a thank you from us for just giving us some insight into Two. who you guys are. So,
1: I will pass that along. Thank you, Zach, for that acknowledgement. I think he'll really appreciate hearing that.
2: And this Do you is fun. land this I lo- plane, Zach. Yeah, no, no. I, I I loved talking to you. I'm glad we got around to you and uh, I learned something new. Every time I do this. So I appreciate you giving us some of your time and attention.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. So Dr. Jessica Higgins has a website. You can check it out at Dr. It's Dr. Jessica Higgins, H I G G I N S dot com. She has lots of free resources, courses, her podcast. Um, and you can figure out how you can work with her. She is a coach, and so she is open and available to working with anyone. Um, thank you for all of your time and attention, making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death